0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Monday, February 28th. Good morning, I'm Chap Daly. Here's today's headlines. DPR's Neonic plan has a $166 million impact. Siebel Newsom has an organic plan for schools in the U.S., sending $54 million in food and supplies to Ukraine. DPR's Neonic plan would cost growers up to $166 million. The Department of Pesticide Regulation last week formally submitted its proposal for regulating four controversial neonicotinoids. A CDFA assessment found the regulations over the course of the five-year implementation would impact more than 70,000 growers and cost them as much as $166 million. The steep price... DPR reasoned that it would only cost each grower an extra $470 a year and as a minimal price tag within the context of one of the world's largest economies. While the proposed regulations will have a statewide economic impact, the impact will not be significant, DPR determined in its report. DPR notes the regulations would hurt the ability of California farmers to compete with those in other states. The department hopes the regulations would push growers to adopt more sustainable pest control practices for almonds, walnuts, citrus, strawberries, grapes, tomatoes, cherries, and cotton. Meanwhile, DPR has released more details of detections of one of the neonicotinoids Found in several drinking water wells and agricultural counties, the findings could propel the department to add further restrictions on a pesticide ingredient or even cancel the registration entirely, effectively banning it in California and on that note, first partner Jennifer Siebel Newsom has released her proposal for expanding the state's new farm to school grant program. The report promotes organic farming as a climate smart alternative to conventional agriculture and recommends a procurement approach for school meals that promises to, quote, reduce or eliminate synthetic pesticides and fertilizers. This reflects findings from a work group composed of hedge fund billionaire and newsome donor Kat Taylor, along with a prominent organic farmer and an organic food activist who runs a celebrated Berkeley restaurant. Along with the $70 million already committed since Governor Newsom launched the program, an additional $30 million is proposed for the next fiscal year. EPA denies growers objections to chlorpyrifos tolerance revocations. The Environmental Protection Agency is standing by its decision to revoke all chlorpyrifos tolerances, clearing the way for a court to decide whether to allow continued use of that insecticide. In August, EPA issued its final rule revoking all tolerances, which goes into effect February 28. The chemical has been used in a wide variety of crops, including soybeans, fruit and nut trees, broccoli, cauliflower, sugar beets and other row crops. However, it has been found to inhibit an enzyme which leads to neurotoxicity and has also been associated with potential neurodevelopmental effects in children, the agency said in a news release. Today's action shows how EPA continues to put the health and safety of the public first, particularly that of children and farm workers, according to Assistant Administrator for the Office of Chemical Safety and Pollution Prevention, Michael Friedhoff. After more than a decade of studying a large body of science, EPA is taking the next steps toward the cancellation of the use of chlorpyrifos on food. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Biden picks Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson as first black woman for Supreme Court. President Joe Biden is nominating to the Supreme Court appellate Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson, who once upheld mandatory country of origin labeling requirements for meat. Her nomination would preserve the court's ideological balance and environmental groups hailed the choice to replace the retiring Justice Stephen Breyer a liberal stalwart on the court since 1994. Jackson, currently a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit, is the first black woman to be nominated as an associate justice to the court's history. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. The U.S. sending $54 million in food and emergency supplies to Ukrainians. The U.S. Agency for International Development and State Department are dispatching $54 million in food, water, hygiene supplies, blankets, and other emergency goods to Ukrainians trying to survive the invasion of Russian troops. The United States is the single largest donor of humanitarian assistance to Ukraine, according to USAID. Since the conflict began in 2014, the United States has provided nearly $45 $45 million to vulnerable communities across Ukraine, including nearly $169 million from from aid and nearly $236 million from the Department of State. Now keep in mind, U.S. also providing military assistance to Ukraine. Just last week, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken authorized another $350 million worth of military assistance for the beleaguered country. That comes on top of million in military assistance that Blinken authorized last year. Equity Commission starts work. The Biden administration's new USDA Equity Commission will hold its first meeting today. The panel is charged with analyzing how the department's programs and policies perpetuate or worsen racial, economic, health, and social disparities. The commission is led by Deputy Agriculture Secretary Jewel Bronow and Arturio Rodriguez, former president of the United Farm Workers. Now, keep in mind, top USDA nominees say they're already working to address disparities in USDA programs. On the equity side, I think we've made great progress in thinking about how do we make sure that pandemic assistance is available to all producers. That's the word of Robert Bonney at USDA's Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation, speaking last week at the annual Ag Outlook Forum. Bonnie noted the department had finalized a program to help heirs, property holders, blacks whose titles may be cloudy because of the land was passing between generations without wills. He said the department, quote, is looking at everything we can do across conservation, crop insurance and farm programs to make sure our programs are available to everyone. USTR plays down the importance of FTAs. A common criticism of the Biden administration is that it has not focused on entering into tariff-cutting new free trade agreements. But U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai pushed back on Friday, playing down the importance of the PACs that U.S. lawmakers and ag groups continue to advocate. Trade agreements can be an important part of our trade program, But it is not our only tool, Ty said during a conversation with Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack at the annual Ag Outlook Forum. She said, quote, it isn't necessary, even our most effective tool either. Instead, Ty highlighting the value of the dozens of trade and investment framework agreements, or TIFAs. TIFAs are essentially structured forums that allow the U.S. to meet with representatives of foreign governments to discuss ways to increase cooperation and trade. It was at one such TIFA meeting that India agreed recently to open its market for U.S. pork. Here's today's He Said It. Putting cows on U-Hauls is not a science-based policy. That Dairy Cares executive director, Michael Bacadoro, arguing to the Air Board last week that dropping incentives for dairy digesters would push more farming out of the state. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Monday, February 28th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit agripulse.com. For Agripulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Nelly.